My name is Megan Downing. I graduated SHS in 2015, which is really crazy to think that was five years ago, but that's a different story. Um, right after high school, I went to Worcester State for my undergrad, and I started as a psych major, and I hated it. It sucked. I hated it, and I realized it wasn't for me. Um, I didn't really know what I wanted to do. I just knew I wanted to help people. Um, so then I kind of made my way to the criminal justice department and I really found my home within it and I love it and the professors and, you know, just all their different backgrounds and experiences that they brought to the table. Um, so fast forward four years and I graduated last May with my bachelor's in science in criminal justice with a minor in psychology. I kept the minor. Um, and then for the past two years, I worked as a dispatcher. So first at the College of the Holy Cross, um, which is campus police, so it's pretty boring. Um, and then I worked the last year for a municipal police department. Um, and with that, there's a lot of 911 training um, and different, you know, emergency medical dispatch, being able to give CPR over the phone, um, multitasking, dealing with officers in and out and whatnot. So definitely became a part of that law enforcement family. Um, but recently I decided that I wanted to do something different uh, in a position that actually required my degree. So I actually now am a counselor inside the super maximum men's prison uh, in Massachusetts. So if you don't know, that's Susan Baranowski. Everyone always asks. Yes, that's where Aaron Hernandez was. Um, but I was not working during that time. So no, you cannot ask me questions about that. Um, so basically, I'm a general pop counselor. So I work with these uh, men and I teach them different curriculums, whether it's criminal thinking, violence reduction, uh, different substance use treatments, uh, stuff like that. It can be anywhere between two, me and two other men to 16 men. So you really have to kind of have control, um, not think about why they're in there. Most of these guys are in there. It's the maximum. So these are the most violent offenders in the state. Um, and they, a lot of them are doing life sentences and, you know, running concurrent life sentences. Um, I did do an internship with the Worcester County DA's office, so I did think about the legal aspect of it. Uh, in their drug unit in Superior Court, that was shortly lived after that because I was like, I don't have the patience for this. So kudos to all my uh, peers on here for being able to do that. Um, uh, briefly, I just want to say working in a prison environment is not something I ever thought I wanted to do because it's scary. It's intimidating and you're like, these are murderers, you know, and et cetera, et cetera. Um, but it's honestly not that bad. I wear a body alarm. I always have correctional officers around me. I have to wear a clear bag. I don't have my Apple Watch or my phone for eight hours a day. So if you don't think you can do that, prison's not for you. Um, and since I've been working from home, I keep saying I miss prison. I can't wait to go back to prison. So that's something I never thought I'd say, but I'm glad I'm on the good end of it. <laughs> so um, if anyone has any questions, feel free to use the chat feature. Um, I know like a lot of these other people in here have a lot of law school experience and legal stuff, and that's totally awesome. So kind of like a little odd one out, but it's not something you always think of. So if you have any questions, just let me know. Great, thank you. Um, as I look across the screen, Danielle, you're next in my view. 
Hi, um, I'm Danielle Kemp. I graduated SHS in 2015 with Megan and I went to UConn undergrad, just graduated in May 2019. I actually majored in actuarial science, which is math for people that don't know. So everyone always asks me, how the heck did you get to law school from there? Because there's not many math majors in law school. Um, and kind of a weird story, not like a crazy one, but one of my cousins um, home really close to was a was in law school and she didn't have a great experience coming out of law school because she graduated in 2008 during the recession, which is a little terrifying looking at what the market looks like right now while I'm in law school. But um, so she kind of turned me off to that. But after majoring in math, I, I realized that I liked being um, analytical and problem solving and those sort of aspects of the career, but I really didn't see the impact I was having on people. I didn't get the face time with people that I really wanted. It was a lot, a lot of independent work, very technical work that I couldn't see myself doing for a long time. So I decided to kind of re-pursue what my original dream was when I was a kid. And I looked back into going to law school um, and I luckily got into BC Law School, Boston College. So that was really exciting for me. I kind of wanted to go to BC undergrad, but everything happened for a reason. I ended up there somehow. So um, that's really exciting. But yep, so I, I went right from college to law school, which about a third of my class did. So about two thirds of my class was older than me, which was pretty intimidating at first. I thought people kind of wouldn't take me seriously, maybe because I was a little bit younger and I didn't have life experience. But the cool thing about law school is that at the beginning, everyone's on the same playing field. People don't know anything, you know, about the law for the most part going in. So you're kind of all building and learning together at the same time and listening to people that do have experience in some sort of way, maybe just, you know, like just from working for five plus years really brings a lot to the table and helps you learn. So that's been awesome. And I just finished my first year of law school today. So that's pretty exciting. You guys, the other attorneys remember how bad one the first year is. So I'm pretty excited about that. But um, this summer I'm working at the United States Attorney's Office in Boston in their civil division. Not exactly sure exactly what I'm going to be doing yet, but I'm pretty excited for that. So if you have any questions about um, maybe not using your major and then going to law school or just kind of what the law school life is like now, I can definitely answer some of those questions. Great, thank you. Um, and Isabel, I see you next as I scroll along. So welcome and thank you for participating today. Thank you for having me, Danielle. Congratulations on finishing 1L, no small feat. Thank uh, you. <laughs> I, uh, my name's Isabel and I am calling in from Denver, Colorado. I am a 2006 Shrewsbury High School alumni, um, which I think makes me probably the oldest panelist here. Um, so when you say 2015, I'm like, oh, please, that's nothing. Um, I, uh, after graduating from SHS, went to Columbia University in New York City, where I was a political science major. I had long expected to be a poli-sci major. And I think if you asked me in high school, I would have said, yeah, law school is in the future at some point. Um, it took a while to get there. Uh, I really fell in love with education policy when I was an undergrad, and um, that led me to join an organization called Teach for America after graduating from Columbia. Um, and that program takes folks who don't have traditional teacher training and puts them in hard to staff schools. Um, so that brought me out here to Denver, Colorado. Um, and I taught in the Denver public schools for three years. I taught ninth grade algebra, which was a trip. 
Um, and I liked it way more than I thought I would. Ninth graders are just awesome. Um, but eventually the school that I was working in saw several principals in the three years that I was there. And I took that as my cue to go back to law school um, with the intention of returning to Colorado and doing education law. Um, so I actually came home to Boston to attend Harvard Law School. Um, my mom has moved into Boston since we lived in Shrewsbury, so it was very fun to be just across the river from her uh, for those three hard years. Um, as Danielle alluded to, law school was a challenge, uh, particularly that first year, um, but I came to find my people and had really meaningful summer internships that led me to where I wanted to be, um, which was back to Colorado and working in state government. Um, so I graduated from Harvard in 2016, uh, took the Colorado bar exam and came back to Colorado. Um, I spent three years clerking after graduating. That means working for a judge. Um, most judges have one, two, three clerks. Um, they're usually just out of law school and the role is like mini judge, assistant to the judge. Um, you're doing all of the research, all of the drafting for opinions, you're in court with them, et cetera. So it's a really great way to see how judges do their work. I clerked for a year on the Colorado Supreme Court and then for two years for a federal district judge here in Denver. And then finally, um, I got a real job that lasts forever. Um, I now work at the Colorado Attorney General's Office, uh, which is an organization, it's actually the largest employer of lawyers in Denver. We have about 300 attorneys. And I work on the K through 12 education team. So that's a team of um, four attorneys and we are general counsel to the State Department of Education and the State Board of Education. I love my job. I love that I get to um, work in an area that's a passion of mine, public education. Um, and I love that I get to combine that with the law. Um, I did not ever pursue big law, private law, law firm life. Um, so I'm, I'm very passionate about public interest law and would be eager to talk about that with anyone who has questions. Thanks for having me. Great, thank you so much. Um, and Kevin, I don't see you on my screen. I think I have to scroll over. Hi. There you are. Hi. <laughs> Thanks so much for joining us. Sure. Thanks for having me. Um, so I graduated from SHS in 2011, went to NYU for a couple of years, uh, and then transferred to Brown uh, in Providence um, for college. And among, during all of that, I became interested in, in environmental issues, um, started off Kind of thinking about policy and realized that that wasn't quite for me and ended up sort of thinking about law school during uh, the last couple of years of college and after that i wasn't exactly sure what that might look like so i ended up going back to new york to work for two years at a large law firm um and and then ended up going to law school after that so i just finished up my last week of classes um, at also at Harvard, actually. Um, so it's nice being back in Cambridge and or in Massachusetts, living in Cambridge now, um, and just having the chance to sort of, you know, take that next step. Um, it's something that has really taken a lot of twists and turns, obviously, with uh, coronavirus, but um, things have worked out pretty well, and I'll be working at a firm in Boston um, in their administrative law department this fall, or maybe later, could be January at this point, who knows. Um, and that's basically 
a department that works on regulatory issues. So that includes environmental law, as well as things like healthcare and real estate, um, interacting with agencies and that sort of thing. So, you know, I'm not exactly sure what my career will look like, um, but I think I do want to continue with my environmental interests and um, I'll be clerking next year for a judge in Boston. So, you know, I think it's nice to have this spread of different people at different stages in their careers. And we really only have one attorney here. Um, I'll have to take the bar eventually. And yeah, thanks for having me. No problem. Um, and we do have a student question already, which I'm so grateful for. Oh, um, is there anything that our students can be doing um, at home now to explore law, law and criminal justice? Um, the student says, I'm really hoping to increase my knowledge and experience and don't think there are internships for someone my age. So I responded to that, sorry. I just started okay. typing. Okay. Um, in terms of like the criminal justice side, because um, it sounds like I'm like just main core criminal justice because I'm obsessed with it. Um, my passion started literally with criminal minds um, and then kind of progressed as time went on. Super basic, I know. Um, and then I didn't start as a CJ major, so I kind of looked into different areas of criminal justice. So I'd say like looking into different subtopics within criminal justice, within law, like each of the other panelists have different areas of passion within the legal systems and whatnot. So I think if you kind of break it down and go chunk by chunk of what specifically, it might definitely help you. Um, and then TED Talks actually um, have a lot of different, that's kind of what I've been doing working from home sometimes is looking at different TED Talks on, on it. So um, you can definitely, there's information out there. You just kind of have to be willing to spend time on it. Does anyone else want to? Um, oh, I can jump in really quickly. Okay. I. I think the law is really interesting because there are so many areas and um, I think you can do so much with uh, a legal degree or work or so, you know work within the legal field or profession in so many different ways. Um, so like for me, I didn't think necessarily that I would go to law school until later on realizing that um, toward the end of college, but I started off with an interest in um, just something I was passionate about generally and that led me to the law and so I think it's good to have a variety of uh, interests that are not necessarily legal specific but also like thinking about like what do you care about in the world and then using the law more as a tool to make a difference in that way. Um, so you know there are so many steps before getting to law school actually from high school you know you have to go to college and all those other things but just building up general interests and learning about what makes you excited. Um, if you are interested in legal issues, you know, I think just being, reading the news and figuring out like what's happening in the world is, is a great way to get started um, at this stage in your lives. That's great advice. Thank you. Um, yeah, well, just quickly, um, I wouldn't count out internships. I think if you're thinking of, oh, there aren't internships available at a big fancy law firm, downtown Boston for a high school student, that may be true. Um, but there are certainly lots of attorneys in Shrewsbury and in Worcester that would be grateful to have anyone um, uh, coming from SHS uh, intern for them. So keep an eye out for that. Um, I started doing that through 
like the, the local state rep when I was in high school and he was an attorney um, and there were lots of attorneys in his office. Um, so you will meet lawyers locally. Um, and I'm sure if you say, hey, I'm interested in the law, I have this capacity to take on some number of hours each week or over the summer, they would be eager to have your help. Yeah, I'd like to echo that a little bit. I do know somebody who in high school worked for the Worcester DA. So if you put yourself out there and email people you and network, as we call it, um, people will probably be pretty responsive to you and actually might be able to give you a little bit of experience. I'm sure it won't be like pure, pure legal internship as you might have in law school, but even getting in a courtroom and sitting and watching is actually super helpful because it could totally, you know, spark an interest or just be like, eh, I don't actually really like that. So it's really important to kind of like test the water to see what you may like or may not like. And also um, going off what Kevin had said, if you can think of something that actually really makes you passionate or something that you listen to on the news that kind of like puts a little bug in your ear and you're like, oh God, that's bothering me. That's really bothering me or something that you always want to talk about. You're always finding yourself looking up. There's probably law that you can do that has to do with that interest. There's literally people suing each other for everything. So um, you can definitely find something that uh, ties in the, that interest and the law. And also um, listening to like podcasts about criminal justice is really fun. Like I literally listened to a podcast on Spotify called My Favorite Murder and it's talking about these crazy ridiculous murders that have happened. It's not like gory, I promise. It's more like two girls talking, like they're in their you know bedroom with a glass of wine kind of thing. Yeah, but, um, or like there is an Apple podcast on the Aaron Hernandez um, case, I guess, um, if anyone's a football fan too, that might be really interesting to you. But um, yeah, just kind of like look it up, like look up some random stuff. I know there was stuff about the SAT with Lori Laughlin, who was on Full House. You can kind of like look at that. She got sued and is kind of probably going to go to jail and stuff like that. So um, just like looking things up on Google and then listening to podcasts will kind of like help you spark an interest. Um, or if you know somebody that works in the legal field or in the criminal justice field at all, um, people are typically super uh, willing to talk to you about it too. So, cause we like to geek out about things. So I'm sure people could talk to you on the phone for like a half an hour talking about their job too. That's great, thank you. Um, were there any classes at the Shrewsbury High that sparked any of your interests? I didn't really take any classes that kind of geared me towards my career path. I mean, I liked American studies, <laughs> but I don't really qualify for that just because I felt like there wasn't a lot on the criminal justice field. Um, so that's why I like this actually, because I feel like kids can, it's a different field than, you know, is always talked about. So I think it's helpful for people to see law, criminal justice, um, and whatnot, so. Okay. Um, and that kind of feeds our next question. Um, a student saying, I'm not sure if I want to pursue more criminal justice hands-on or criminal law. How did you know that law school was right or not, I guess, for you? I'll just, oh, go ahead as well. Thanks. Um, I knew coming out of college that I wanted to work in public education. Uh, and so I went into the classroom and, and taught. And I think what made me ultimately decide to go to law school was a frustration with the 
local and state and federal policies that were informing what I could and couldn't do in my classroom with my students and what they were bringing in terms of life experience into the classroom with them. Um, that I didn't feel like I had um, the capacity or was positioned to have much of an influence on as a teacher, unfortunately. So I was looking at how can I think about the larger structural issues here, and that's what led me to law school. I was hopeful that a law degree would position me to think more about policy um, and maybe have an influence on that later in my life. Um, I also find that when people think of law, you immediately think of criminal law. I'm personally very interested in criminal law. Um, it's a little like scary to some people, but truly everybody or not everybody, maybe two thirds of people go into law school, not completely sure what type of law they want to practice. You guys can correct me if I'm wrong. I know it, Isabel did, but um, yeah, so like you will really learn what you like and what you're passionate about after taking some classes. Um, so if you're not completely sure on you know, what type of law that's okay, because you actually graduate with a plain old law degree. So you're not specializing in any certain area necessarily in law school, you may be taking like, you might take 10 environmental law classes, because you're really interested in it, but that doesn't preclude you or not allow you to work in any other type of law. So a lot of people actually like, I know I see another question they're asking about private firm and working for the state and stuff. So a lot of people don't stick with their first job forever either, either because they find another interest or they don't like it or that's not part of their plan. Um, so there's a lot of movement in the field and I don't think that you need to know exactly what you want now, especially being in high school. Like I promise you your interest will probably waver a little in college. And I find that um, more college classes might help you pick through the things that you like more than the high school classes. But um, I guess, I think, I'm not sure if Megan already talked about criminal justice system as a whole, because there's not just working in the legal field that you can do. I know one of my friends actually worked for the Boston Police Department in college, like as a summer internship, and she worked um, looking at like samples from sexual assaults, for example, like under the microscope. So she really liked the more sciencey, you know, criminal justice um, aspect of that. So there's so much to learn, and you don't have to know until after college, because you can't Go to law school till after college either so you have a lot of years to kind of figure that out and i i think too if if you come out of college and you're not 120 percent sure that law school is the right thing for you i definitely encourage you to go do something take a job in a law firm as a paralegal or go travel around the world um, go get some life experience and then um, with that under your belt consider okay is law school still what I want. It is a, it's three years and a whole lot of money. Um, so I think if you're not completely sure that it's the right thing for you, it can be a risky uh, investment to make. I can totally echo off what Isabel said because from the other side of it, when I knew law school was not for me, I looked at it. I did an internship with the district attorney's office. I applied to law school. Um, but I just kind of had those experiences that helped me realize that that's not what I wanted to do. It's just, um, you know, whoever asked that question said hands-on versus um, criminal law. So criminal law and, you know, even lawyers, they are hands-on. You know what I mean? They do do the work. They put in the time. They put in the effort. Um, for me, um, I wanted to be more face-to-face -face interaction every single day um, and get that immediate gratification because I'm annoying like that. But um, it was just helpful for me to see, you know, 
there's a lot of paperwork with law and a lot of it is worth it, but not for me. So I was just like, this isn't for me. And it was really easy for me to tell. So like Isabel said, if you can kind of get your feet wet in an experience before you dive right in. Um, Cause like I said, I did apply and I did spend money and, and prep and all this, you know, all set prep and all this stuff um, just to realize it wasn't for me, but it is risky. And so I'm glad I didn't make that choice um, because I'm happy with more of the face-to-face hands-on everyday uh, interaction. So. Great. Um, there is a question um, about what is the difference between working for a private firm and working for the state and what your options are with either path? Um, I can get started, but I'm sure Isabel has a lot to say about working for the state. Um, so when you're working for a private firm, there are, there are a lot of different types of firms. Um, so there are small, you know, solo practices where there are, you know, maybe a few attorneys working together. They may be working locally to help people out with um, their personal legal needs. And then you might go up to a smaller, um, you know, a small firm, but that is um, helping out corporations. And so they might range from like 30 to 50 attorneys. And um, then there are even larger firms that are, you know, hundreds or even thousands of attorneys. And those are primarily working with um, defending uh, large corporations or helping them work through their business needs or, you know, like transacting uh, or I guess a better word, buying and selling things or um, that sorts of thing. So the, the type of client that you have might vary depending on the size of the firm, um, but you'll be working primarily with like individual clients or or corporate clients as opposed to when you're working for the state working for the you're you know you're working on behalf of the people of that state um and then there are also a lot of other types of um areas of legal practice that might come in the form of nonprofit organizations um that are still considered firms but the you know they're funded by grants or donors um and they have a mission-driven model where you know you might have a civil liberties organization like the ACLU, which will help um, people defend their civil rights. Um, and I would say that from my experience being a paralegal at a large firm and then now having done a summer at a firm that I'll be working at in the fall, I think the kind of intensity is slightly different in that environment as opposed to in a nonprofit or government setting. Um, I just finished up an internship actually at the Massachusetts Attorney General's office this spring. Um, but I think either way, people are very passionate about what they're doing. They're working hard. And uh, I personally could see myself even after I work at the firm going back into a government setting because I think it's really great to have that sort of mission um, underlying all the work that you're doing. I don't have much to add to Kevin's explanation. I think Kevin, I really appreciated that you did the different sort of variations of, uh, of private law um, and then also public sector, nonprofit. I mean, there's just so many different applications for law degrees, it's hard to, to sum it up. Um, in terms of government work, um, you can sort of think of it on like three levels of there's federal government work and state government work and local government work they all employ attorneys in a large number of capacities from, you know, the criminal uh, sector, there are 
city, state, and federal prosecutors, um, to the civil things, to the administration of, of the government. Um, I think the thing that drew me to state government um, is I'm just like a state and local politics nerd. And so many of the things that I most care about, things like education and um, public lands are administered at the state and local level. Um, so I really felt like I could have an impact there. Um, another reason why I was attracted to working for the government as opposed to um, going into private law uh, was frankly because I felt like the government offered a better work-life balance. Um, what I saw in my classmates in law school headed to some of the biggest, um, most prestigious law firms was that they would be working extremely long hours and would not have much control over their own time. Um, that's not something that is very appealing to me. Um, there are things I want to do outside of my job. There's a family I want to have. There are mountains I want to climb. Um, so I was looking for a career that I could stay in for the long term, um, you know, make it sustainable, all of those sorts of things. And that was yet another reason in addition to the mission that uh, government service was appealing to me. Um, one quick thing just to add, there's kind of like a third class, which Kevin kind of started talking about um, of legal jobs. They, they, they say they're like in-house jobs. So you can kind of like work for a company. So for example, I applied to work for the NFL legal department. You can work for the MLB, the Red Sox, Wayfair, Amazon, DraftKings and stuff like that. So it's not all or nothing government or firm. You can actually do kind of something which is in between, which is really cool. And also a lot of the firms do what they call pro bono work, which is kind of doing public interest work. Um, for free basically is what it was what it means um and then i i saw someone ask if there's a pay difference yes <laughs> there is um for example like a lot of first year students in their summer going into their second year where i am now um you work in the public interest area a lot of people work for state or federal government agencies i'm working for the united states attorney's office like i mentioned and all that's typically unpaid they're a little lower funded i think isabel could correct me but and then the law firms like kevin had mentioned take on typically bigger like corporation clients so they typically make a little bit more money and then you a lot of people work there in their second summer of law school and then some people end up doing that um as their career but it doesn't mean anything's less fulfilling um it's just personal preference and if you want to work life balance you typically um you know, kind of factor that into your decision, but um, yeah, that helps at all. <laughs> I think building off of the salary differences between the various sectors of attorney positions, um, another factor that I think drives many people's decisions about where they head after law school is the amount of student debt that they have, um, because law school can be hideously expensive, that it in many cases forces folks' hands to take the highest paying job at a corporate law firm so that they can pay that law school debt, regardless of, you know, what they want to do um, longer term. That's sort of the immediate, okay, here's how I'll pay down my debt. Um, and I recognize that I am tremendously fortunate to have gone to a law school that has a low income pr protection plan, which basically says, Isabel, because you're making the salary of a state government employee, which is significantly less than um, my classmates who are at private law firms would be the law school basically 
pays for most of my loan payments. So that's what allows me to, to work for the state government. Um, so just know that student debt will factor into decisions for most law school grads as well. Okay, thank you. Um, a slightly different question than the ones we've had, but um, a little bit back to the work-life balance. Um, someone's asking or saying, you all sound really busy, and how do you stay healthy and find a balance so that you are health happy people? So I'll start really quickly. I just want everyone to know, um, working in the criminal justice field, it's hard. And you see a lot of things, you hear a lot of things, you help with a lot of things, um, even as a dispatcher, even as a counselor in a prison. Um, I've had to deal with some really tough phone calls and, and you know, cases and whatever, and you have to be able to cope. It's not easy at first. Um, you get used to it, and I'm only 23. So I still have a ways to go and learning how to deal with that. Um, something my clinical director talks to me about often is self-care. How's your self-care doing? You know, are you stopping thinking about work when you go home, which sometimes is hard. You know, you want to help people. You want to keep working. Uh, sometimes you can't. Um, so I just want to, you know, put it out there that it's a tough field to be in um, because you're dealing with things that other people don't want to deal with. Um, so keeping that in mind, you know, are you ready? Are you prepared? Not that anyone ever is to kind of have those long nights and not be able to sleep sometimes because of some of the stuff you have to deal with. But, um, you know, me, I like to paint my nails. So, you know what I mean? Everyone finds their little thing. Um, but overall, just be wary of that. Um, yeah, from like a current law school student perspective, law school is very, very difficult and you pull long hours sometimes. However, everyone is in the same boat as you. And I, I talked about this in another session, but um, like mental health awareness is super important. So I live in Boston currently and I live right around Boston College. There's a big reservoir. So me and my roommates will take the 30 minutes and we'll, you know, walk around that a few times, get outside, make sure your heart rate's up, like going to the gym is you can still do it. Like you do have time. You just have to be very good at time management skills and you might not have time every day. Obviously some days are more busy than others. But one thing that's really helpful for me is like, I love cooking. So that's kind of like my break time is like me actually making dinner for myself. So I'm not always, you know, getting takeout food or kind of like eating a little crappier. I do use that as like my mental break because I love to do it. And then you can eat what you want and you can eat healthy and kind of keep yourself in mind. Um, and then trying to, I mean, I don't work yet, but trying to like leave work at work. I know that's so hard, especially if you're very passionate about what you do. Um, kind of trying to shut your brain off at some part of the night and give it, give yourself some time and making sure that you get um, as much sleep as you can. Cause that uh, like obviously um, affects how your brain works and how, productive you are during the day. So something that might take you three hours, if you sleep five hours, might take you an hour if you actually get that good night's sleep. Um, so just being aware when you need to talk to someone about what you're learning or, you know, asking someone how they do their schedule because they seem to be light and fluffy and they're able to go to the gym um, definitely helps a lot. Um, if I could just add one thing, the legal world is all about helping other people. Um, you're always working for clients. Um, and 
ultimately, like in order to help other people, you really have to just keep in mind that you have to take care of yourself. Um, and so I think there are times when it's hard to internalize that, but um, just every, every day, like realizing you, you know, you can push yourself only so far before you have to take a break. And uh, I found it useful to just carve out time where I know I'm not going to do any work. Um, and that makes me more productive, I think, when I have to do work. Great, thank you. Um, another question from a student is, um, I'm personally very interested in family or probate court in law. Could anyone go into greater detail about that? Or maybe suggest some resources for our student? Not gonna be me answering this one, guys. So. <laughs> I honestly, I would, I don't know much about family law or probate law. Um, those are very specialized areas of law where the lawyers who work in that field tend to do only that. Um, but I really think that if you reached out to anyone in the Worcester metro area who works in family law and said, hey, I'm a high school student, um, I'm really interested in this area of law, do you have 30 minutes to meet at a Starbucks or on Zoom if we're still in lockdown? Um, can you tell me about how you got to where you are and what you do? Um, they would absolutely love to take you up on that offer. Um, I think that's one of the best ways to just sort of figure out, okay, what would life be like if I did this thing is by asking people. People are always glad to tell you about what they do. So um, don't be afraid to reach out and send cold emails and just say, hey, can I grab some time? Great advice, thank you. Um, Meg, we have a question for you or more directed at you. Could you go into a little more detail on what you do at the prison? Sure. So um, I'm a general population counselor. So kind of when you think about general population, um, you know, I'm sure you've all heard of SEG, segregation units. Um, so this is not that. Um, while I am qualified to facilitate in, you know, different restricted housing units, um, I work with the general population who are trying to get good time. So basically how it works is if they go through these programs or whatever, they'll get what's considered good time. Um, as long as they keep up with, you know, courses and going through and whatnot. Um, a lot of my job is case management. So um, that can be kind of overwhelming. So I have to keep track of each inmate and their progress and discharging them, not from the prison, but from the program that I teach. Um, I teach different curriculums. So one of them is criminal thinking. So, you know, when you get that, criminal justice degree going, you'll kind of learn about different theories as to why people commit crimes, why they lead to deviant behavior, which then just affects everything else in their lives. Um, I also teach violence reduction, which is pretty self-explanatory. A lot of the guys in here are pretty violent people, um, and they're in the supermax for a reason. Um, so just kind of, you know, taking why they act this way, because, you know, there's a reason whether they saw their parents acting this way or they see it, you know, in other places, um, kind of how can we have changed that and how can we um, promote nonviolent behavior that won't put them in prison. Um, and then, you know, also like substance use disorders, co-occurring mental health issues. So that's where that psych minor definitely helped me out, um, even though I hated it as my major. Um, so I don't know if that answers your question. I do a lot of um, 
work with the inmates. So I'm literally sitting there in a classroom with inmates one-on-one, not one-on-one, but me and a group of them um, just trying to help change their behavior. That's kind of the biggest thing. Um, Sometimes, you know, you might get down and feel like, why am I doing this if these guys are in here for life with no chance of probation? But, um, you know, you get around that and you feel like you're helping them because a lot of these people grew up in bad neighborhoods, come from different uh, cultural backgrounds that, you know, lead to, um, you know, issues that they might have growing up. And um, yeah, so I don't know if that's helpful. Like I said, it's super intimidating at first, but you really get used to it. And I feel pretty safe when I'm there. Thank you. Um, is it difficult to find a job or position after law school or just after jumping into the career part of, of what you're doing? Was it hard for you, Isabel, to get a job after law school? Um, I think that this can vary tremendously based on what sort of job you want, where you're looking to work geographically, uh, what law school you went to, all of those things. Um, so I think sort of the top tier of law school, the going wisdom is like graduates of those schools won't have a hard time getting a job. Um, at least that has been sort of the trend for the last decade or so since, um, the economy has rebounded after the 2008 recession. Um, but that may mean you don't get your dream job. It's just, you'll have a job, um, in terms of, getting the clerkships, which is what I did and what it sounds like Kevin will be doing next year, um, right after law school, which is again, working for a judge directly. There is a finite number of those clerkships. There are of course, federal judges and state judges and county judges, um, but there's a small number of clerkships. So um, that was a, a relatively competitive process, I would say, and there was no guarantee that any particular student would land in a clerkship. Um, so I, no, I, I didn't have a hard time finding a job. It was never a guarantee that it would be the dream job that I wanted to have. I'm very fortunate that I was able to sort of string together the experiences that I've had to, to land in my dream job three years after law school. And is it, is it customary that you do, you, everyone does a clerkship, everyone works for a judge at some point in their process? Um, it's certainly not the custom, the norm. The advice that I received from the attorneys that I did internships with was if you have the opportunity to do a clerkship, you should seriously consider doing it. It's usually one or two years only. Um, and it's a great way to learn how judges think, to learn the law, to improve your research and writing skills, to meet people in the field all of those things. Um, so I, I took that advice to heart, but I had plenty of classmates who had no interest at all in doing clerkships and that wasn't, it didn't harm, harm them at all in terms of what career path they went on to pursue. Okay. Um, you mentioned tier, tiers of law schools. Like what are your thoughts on that, all of you in law school? Is there, um, Yes, as students are considering, you know, where they might go, what schools might come with, what price tag, you know, does it afterwards, once you're practicing, does it really, does it make a difference, do you think? Um, well, I, I don't know about after yet because I'm, I'm not out, but um, 
I think specific for one piece of advice specifically, there's a lot of uh, law schools that are kind of like specialized. So I know like University of Vermont has like a huge environmental law program, for example. So even if that University of Vermont isn't one of, you know, the top 20 law, law schools in the country, because it's so highly like known for environmental law, somebody going there for that particular type of law would still be extremely successful and like probably be able to get a job easier than someone coming out of even my school doing environmental law. Um, I don't really know what to say about rank. It kind of matters, like it, depending on where you are. I know I don't have a really great answer about it. I think if you can, if your finances kind of work out, it's probably in your best interest to go to a school where either it has the type of law that you know you want or it's probably like the best law school that you got into. It matters a little bit more than undergrad does for sure because of alumni networks. A lot of the time, I know obviously Harvard, but BC also has like an extremely large um, alumni network specifically in Boston and then New York and California markets. So if you're coming from out of state, maybe going to a law school like I did, um, kind of looking at where the alumni have gone since they've gone to that school might help a little bit too, but I wouldn't say make or break because it also matters the type of person you are, you know, the grades you get, your interests, your connections that you've made with people. I'll definitely plug networking. I know the other attorneys will also, it's huge in the legal field. So if you maybe don't go to Harvard or Columbia or Yale or something like that, um, reaching out like cold emailing people in fields that you're very interested in actually could pay off in the long run that if they see that you're interested, um, they might kind of like give the hiring partner a little comment about you when you're applying for a job there and things like that. But um, the other, maybe Kevin has something to say. <laughs> I don't know. Um, yeah, I, I think it can matter to some extent. It, all, it really depends on what you want to do. Um, there are a lot of resources online to, you know, research law schools. They, you know, if you're a law school that's accredited by the American Bar Association, you have to publish all these statistics, for example, about your, you know, bar passage rate and employment rate and all that sort of thing after people graduate. So it's not something you have to think about now, but if you do want to go to law school later on, those are things that you can look at and say, you know, I, law school is an investment. What kind of, um, you know, situation do I want to be in? Um, at the end of three years. And I see there's a question about how much law school costs. Um, that will also vary, you know, depending on whether you go to a public school or a private school. Private schools, you know, the price tag for tuition could be like $60,000 a year, um, plus all the your living expenses. Um, and that can, you know, bring you to $90,000, for example. But that said, a lot of schools will also have scholarships. Um, so it totally varies depending on where you wanna end up and what your goals are, but it is an investment and something that you don't, you shouldn't um, go into lightly. I'm still pay paying my undergrad loans. Um, and I got into Boston University Masters of Criminal Justice for this past fall and I decided not to. Uh, so I could focus on my undergrad loans. Um, so I don't want anyone to feel like overwhelmed. It's definitely scary, but you know, law school too is crazy money. So um, you'll be okay. I promise. <laughs> um, yeah, BC costs 
around 58,000 a year, just to give you like a number. But when I was looking up law schools, like last year, the best thing for me was I made like a, an Excel sheet being a math major, but making, I made like an Excel sheet with all the names, like their rank and then their cost, maybe like how many student to faculty ratio, bar passage rate, job rate after school, kind of like looking at schools holistically, because sometimes the rank online actually there's a lot of like random factors that go into it also. Like for example, how many books are in their law library, something weird like that. So it could be a little skewed. So you definitely want to like look at the whole picture, but um, yeah, housing is also expensive. For example, like going to school in Boston, living in Boston gets pricey for sure. And it, especially if you want to go to a law school in like New York, for example, but like we had previously mentioned, if that's a huge concern for you, working in the private sector might be like a good idea right after law school because you can probably pay back your loans a little bit faster. Not by any means is not like the only way you can do that. But um, for example, like I'm not getting paid this summer, which is kind of a concern, but my school does a, a stipend program and a stipend is basically like a, a chunk of money that they're giving to certain students who need it or who are not getting paid this summer just to kind of help you pay off your living expenses like rent. So they're giving us like four grand for the summer, which is really nice of them. So there are ways to help yourself, but it's definitely investment. So like Meg said, make make sure you want to go before you go, but, and it's, there's no harm in taking a year or two off to either make money or kind of figure it out too. Thank you. Um, we have a question for a student. Could one of you go into detail about international law and possibly studying in another country for that? Anyone? Um, I don't know a ton about this, but basically different countries have different legal systems and schooling systems. So for example, there are people um, in the reverse, there are people who come from abroad and will study in our legal system and get a JD degree. Um, or there might be people who are already lawyers and come and get um, basically a master's of law. You can also reverse that and, you know, if you go to law school here, you could go and do a program, um, a similar type program in the UK, for example. Uh, but I'm not exactly sure, I guess, what it would mean for you to go and study from scratch in a, at a law school abroad. Um, if anyone else has anything to say about that, no. Um, but that again might be something to look into by just you know Googling, seeing what other people are doing around um, the Boston area. And um, because there, there are international law issues that are dealt with by people in the US, uh, obviously, and so, even if you're not going abroad necessarily, you can deal with those kinds of legal issues. Um, and actually the firm that I'm working at, they have a pretty significant international practice where they represent even um, foreign countries, which is pretty cool. So there's definitely opportunities for that. Um, and if anyone, you know, if, I don't know how you uh, are able to connect people later on, but if you need resources, I'm happy to connect people. Great, thank you. I do know that a lot of law schools, you can actually study abroad similarly to college. I'm, I personally studied abroad in college, so I decided not to do that for law school, but a couple of my friends are going to Dublin next year for, or for a semester next year for law school. Um, there's like a BC law school in Dublin. So they have like specific programs. You couldn't just say, I want to go study in Germany. Um, but they have like classes that you would get the exact credits as you would um, at BC in Boston, as you, 
can in Dublin. Um, and I, I, when I was looking, there was definitely a bunch of law schools that did that. There might not be the same, you know, 15 to 20 country list as there are in undergrad, but there's a few programs that if you're still interested in that, I'm sure you would be studying international type of law as well, but you are going to get like American law credits for that. Yeah, so I'm seeing the next question about criminal justice and poli-sci studying undergrad, studying abroad in undergrad. Um, there's definitely less, op I didn't, um, there's definitely less opportunity, at least specifically within the criminal justice undergrad, because you're going to school for the American criminal justice system. Um, but that doesn't mean like you're limited. I know a ton of poli-sci students that went undergrad uh, studying abroad. Um, the other thing too is I had a lot of um, classmates who went on to, they have a master's program at Nichols College uh, in criminal justice and they, as part of their curriculum, went to, I'm going to mess this up, but I think Switzerland somewhere um, for like a month studying and they had a program there. So, you know, even if it's not an undergrad, if you pursue your master's, whatever, there's definitely opportunities, but it is kind of limited for CJ undergrad. Um, a lot of colleges actually have study abroad programs in the summers or like winter terms. So you can go for three weeks or six weeks or 10 weeks in the summer also. And you could actually get like just credit, like random credits. It might not be in your major, but that would be like an awesome experience. I, I went abroad and I loved it. So I would definitely plug people to go if you can, if your school allows you to. But um, my program was, they didn't have like a math program abroad at all. Um, but I kind of said to my advisor, well, figure out my four years, what I'm going to take every semester and leave a semester open. I don't care if I take 16, 18 credits one semester, like I'm going abroad, figure it out. So he ended up like moving the classes around and making sure that I was able to do that. So I was, and if you, if there's a will, there's a way you can go somehow. Um, if not travel after college for a month with your friend or something, it's, it's an amazing experience to get international and cultural competence before you go off into the real world or even law school. So definitely do it if you can. Thank you so much. Um, we have our questions covered, I think, but any additional words of wisdom, alumni, before we end in two minutes? And thank you, students, for all your questions. They were terrific. Yeah, you guys have been really awesome. This has been a great way to spend my afternoon after some horrible working at home. Um, I personally, you hear a lot of people who talk about how much they loved undergrad and how much they love college and living on campus and whatnot. I didn't. Um, and I think that's really normal. And a lot of people don't realize because all these other people are like, yeah, college, it's so fun. Um, I didn't like it. I didn't really make that great of connections or friends. Um, so I really depended on my family and then like faculty, honestly, and like I think Danielle said earlier, networking is really, really big across multiple disciplines. Um, you just, if that's not you, if you don't start to love college, you're not weird. It's okay. Just find a different outlet um, and you'll make it through because I did. So, um, but good luck to everyone. You're all going to do great. Thank you all so much. This was a great way to end our Friday and all of our sessions this week. So, and it's amazing having started Monday to Friday, the messaging, the statements across fields and disciplines and majors and experiences. Um, there's a lot, a lot that you all said the very same thing. Um, a lot of common themes. So 
you must be right. <laughs> and just so you know, moving forward, um, Michelle, uh, the Scotty, Kathleen Cohane, and I are going to meet next week, and um, we will be sending out information to you um, regarding the programming and the survey feedback that we receive and uh, potential next steps. So we'd love to hear your feedback and um, listen to your ideas and suggestions. We're asking grads, um, and I know um, alumni have suggested to students to get on LinkedIn, but graduates, if you would do that, and Michelle is at Shrewsbury Public Schools. What's our connection? I will send you the link. It is community, Shrewsbury Public Schools community something. But I will send you a link to LinkedIn. LinkedIn. But we would love it if you joined. I'm just starting myself, so um, we would. It's a great way to connect with each other. Yes. So thank you so much. Thanks, and everyone. I assume that this is true of the other alums too, but if anyone has any like specific questions and wants to get in touch with me, Michelle, you have my email address. So please feel free to share that. I'm always happy to talk SHS memories or uh, swap stories or whatever it is. Yeah, I agree. If anyone, ha I know <laughs> not everyone wants to work in a prison, but if anyone has any questions for sure, um, feel free to reach out to Michelle to email me. Also, me too, even if you have just like random college questions or switching your major in college or doing how to prepare for law school, you don't really need to. So just email me. They can send out my email as well, and I'd be happy to talk to you guys. Thank you. Yeah, thank you all very much. Thanks, everybody. All right, have a good weekend. Thank you, you too. Bye. Bye.